Don't forget to download the Living Sober podcast hosted by Phil P. Available on all streaming platforms and wherever you get your podcasts. promises you know good things happen in recovery and uh one of the cool things is uh the the perspective shift we will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it and what's really cool is today i hold my head up my, my chin up chest out and it's because i i got no secrets i've cleared away the records of the past henry ford once remarked that uh, a person's past is their most valuable asset. I used to have so much shame, fear, and guilt, and uh, was embarrassed by some of my old behaviors, and I, and I had secrets, and that kept me sick, and it kept me you know, out there doing the deal, living sober. Living Sober, episode number 19. I'm your host, Phil P. Don't forget to like, subscribe. Uh, Thanks for checking out the pod, you guys. Uh, We're talking about the past and coming to terms, uh, clearing away the wreckage, and being able to sort of let go of some of the the old ideas. When I uh, sobered up, or should I say when I got out of rehab, the first thing I did was uh, sit down and start writing. You know, I got busy right away. Maybe even in rehab, I started writing, uh, working on the inventory stuff that that the program teaches me about, that I should write down the people, places, and things, and and what's my deepest, darkest secret? Uh, What would I take to the grave? You guys told me that my secrets will make me go out. If, If I don't do a thorough house cleaning and break out the special tools to get all up in those crevices, you know, I'm doomed. And I'm not unique in this. And when I say that, (laughs) I'm not unique in this. We all got secrets, right? Uh, Some are more in your mind, in my mind, intense than others. I'll put it that way. And I, uh, I needed some closure, you know, I wanted to let go of some of this stuff, you know, and where do I begin? I had college stuff, bullying, wonky sex inventory, childhood trauma, you name it. And I drank, drank, drank like that stuff would just go away, hoping that if I just put my head in the sand and drink and use and numb out that all that stuff would would just go away. No, I had to face it. Head on. I had to talk to somebody. I had to tell somebody. Uh, talk therapy is really cool. I I love uh, the rooms of recovery 
because it's basically a bunch of people getting together and we get to talk and we get to share uh, real what's going on. Things I wouldn't tell my closest friend or my mom or even my wife, uh, things that we talk about in the rooms. And we're we're lightening the load of some of the the burdens of, of not just self, but the shame uh, and the fear, real or imagined. Somebody told me, Phil, you're not that important. What you did in college doesn't even matter. They don't even remember you. And I want to go on record and say, I think they do remember me because I was the guy at 2 a.m. like knocking on your door for a nickel bag, waking up the whole damn suite. I'm the guy that was on college campus, you know, screwing, you know, any female that would that would have me. I'm the one that was suicidally depressed and, and crying to, to come home after my first semester uh, because I was not built for it. And I was a basket case. <laughs> and and so I, I shared that I haven't returned. I haven't even been back to university. I don't tell or talk about where I went to college because I don't have closure. My daughter has since graduated from that university. Uh, she's working on her master's, and I probably have touched down on that campus probably just for her graduation. When she was done, I showed up shades on, went to her graduation cer ceremony, and was out of there because I didn't want to see anybody I, I knew. And that was like just an appalling lack of perspective. I think that closed mouth friend was right when he said that, Phil, nobody cares. You're not that important. And I'm carrying around that stuff for 20, 25 years for nothing, for naught. Um, it is the way the perception of the way people see things, meaning if I haven't seen you in 30 40, uh, 10, five years, whatever it is, you'll still have the same impression of me as the seventh grader, as the high schooler, as the college kid. If your last memory of me was in some type of debauchery or, or fallen man, then I would like to think that that's how you still see me living sober. Living Sober Podcast, episode 19. Coming to terms with the past. Yeah. Real or imagined, like I said. It took some time uh, for me to realize that the world doesn't actually revolve around Phil P. Uh, do you know how hard it is for me to think about something other than myself for longer than five minutes? It's very, very painful. But that inventory stuff, uh, that meant that I, I got with a closed mouth friend. I got with a therapist. I got with my spouse. I got with my kids. I got with my with my with my friends to just talk it out and tell them what was really going on with me and that here it is and if you if you still if you'll still have me, if you still want to roll with me, if you still want to be married to me and be my friend uh and and happy and proud to call me dad, then here it is. Here's everything you need to know about me. And so I went ahead and you know I talked to the people that matter because what's that old phrase the 
the people that matter matter and the people who don't don't. I don't know, something like that. But it's basically telling me that the people who are in my corner, the people who love me and care about me and want what's best for me, they really should be the only ones that matter. So it really helps to know who's got your back, who's in your in your corner. So after that, now I can start to sort of face face the world, because even though people closest to me know uh, what, what I what I have as far as neuroses and fears and, and shady past, they're cool with it. But I want to be able to not have to hold my head down uh, subconsciously, <laughs> meaning I got a little bit of freedom there, but I, I'm still carrying something on uh, my ego and my pride is still a little pinged because these things from the past are, are still haunting me. And I've got some some case in point, as mentioned, with the school, with the college, uh, with so, so many girlfriends. Oh, man, I, I just I should have had more respect for myself. I was a wild boy and I ended up having kids with strangers. I ended up having that as like a dual addiction, like at one one point, sex addict, drug addict, alcoholic. And if I wasn't drinking, drugging, screwing, shopping, or eating, I was suicidally depressed. Now to go on record and speak like that, you know, it's it's heavy stuff. But again, the people that matter, uh, the people that care, is probably because they care about me or and or it resonates. So sometimes by me sharing my past, as I mentioned in the last episode, I'm helping the next person up. So again, it's not all about me. This podcast, uh, my my book, my, my music is for somebody to be inspired. You know, I'm giving a piece of myself so that other people don't have to feel uh, ashamed or embarrassed or uh, down because of their past living sober. Living Sober, the Living Sober podcast, episode number 19. We're doing it. So, you know, what's what's the solution? You know, I got to get into the solution. I had to return to the scene of the crime. You know, like I said, I had to pick up the phone. I had to find forgiveness. I had to stop being so fearful. And as I as I mentioned, and I, I tell I say this all the time. I was not born with the I don't give a damn gene. It's really hard for me to sort of face this stuff. But anything you you want in life fails on the other side of uh, of fear. You don't have to be ashamed of your past. Uh, Somebody else might share the same uh, uh, afflictions, uh, shame, guilt, remorse as you. I tried to talk to my kids about stuff from my past or make amends and, and tell them talk about my fears. And they're like, what are you talking about? My kids love me. I'm so happy that they're doing well. But I felt like I was not the, the best dad. And in some ways, I, I wasn't because I was just absent. You know, I was out there doing the deal. Thank God my kids are extremely well-rounded. But when I went to them 
and tried to make some amends, they were just like, get out of here. Man, and that's a wonderful feeling. As far as trauma, you know, being able to face like trauma stuff, I think the best thing for that is just hard wiring, a hard, a hard reset. All of that hard wiring needs to be ripped out and the neurons needed to be like activated uh, and on a different pattern and, and wavelength. And they, they've got like so much, many resources for people dealing with trauma, especially like the generational family of origin stuff. I won't even get on, get into that, but family secrets, uh, we're sick as our secrets, uh, the stuff that, that, that we're raised with. I don't blame our parents. I just blame the just it's generational. So I won't go really into all of that stuff, but there's help for that. Uh, but talking about it, returning to the scene of the crime, uh, uh, asking people to share their experience, talking it out. These are the ways that I come to terms with the past. Another thing that really helped was, as I say, pay who you owe. If I'm like losing sleep and I'm fearful because I owe somebody some money, I need to go and just pay that man. If I'm not sure if I uh, you know, might have some loose ends tied up on, on a business deal that I did or I did somebody dirty in the past and I'm not 100% sure, I don't have to take that action today, but I just will do the uh, living amends deal where I, I, I won't cause further harm in the future. So case in point, I know that there are some people, male and female, from my from my past that I was just a jerk to. I might have slept on your couch rent rent free. I might have stole your girlfriend. I might have ate the last piece of chicken. Whatever it is, that stuff ate me up for so long. The solution was, don't be a a, a, a moocher now. Don't be Mister Steal Your Girl now. Well, I'm a married man, so that won't happen. Uh, don't be a jerk and eat the last piece of chicken. Easier said than done. So again, we're clean. We're, we're clearing it up and checking off the boxes and and making those inventories. All in efforts to check uh, the past and and, and rebuild a, a better, brighter future for ourselves. What do they say? You cannot know where you're going unless you know where you come from. Living sober. So you like the Living Sober podcast, huh? Don't forget to like, subscribe, and download all episodes of the Living Sober podcast with your host, me, Phil P., available wherever you get your podcasts.